Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I'm still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. Welcome back. Thank you for returning from the grave, from a different podcast, from, you know, just thanks for being here. And if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Pull up a seat, join the seance. Maybe don't hold hands because there's a resurgence of COVID. I am feeling mostly recovered. I feel like 99.9%. The only thing is I'm still experiencing a cough, but it seems like the cough is normally what lasts the longest anytime someone gets sick. If you get a cold or the flu, usually the cough will last the longest. So I'm fine. I'm not contagious anymore. I'm not sick. I literally just every day I cough maybe like two or three times, but it's the most annoying thing. I, I just want to feel 100%, but that's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just complaining at this point. As y'all may have seen, this is a Letters from the Beyond episode. Some of my favorite episodes, to be honest, because I don't have to do the work. <laughs> and I get to listen to your stories instead of telling you the story. So I really enjoy these episodes. I hope that you all do as well. Please, please, please feel free to send in your own stories. And it doesn't have to be just a written story. You can also send in a recording, like an audio or a video file. You can send in a photo, anything that is related to Sustol. And you already know the vibe. I'll share either on the social medias that's at Sustol podcast on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok or you can write into me by sending a dm you can send an email to sustolpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a five-star review with your story and i will share your stories on the show so like i said not much updates just thank you for sending those in and i'm gonna do a quick patrons shout out thank you so much to my patrons today's episode is brought to you by Denise, Dottie, Anna, Desiree, Monica, Jeannie, Cami, Julie, Lori, Karen, Julianne, Amanda, Angela and Co., Sam, Josette, Victoria, Dee, Eva, Mario, April, Luther, Alejandra, Sadie, and Liza. So once again, thank you so much to all of the patrons. If you are interested in becoming a patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash podcast for lots of fun, cute perks, benefits, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started with the show. Remember, keep writing in keep sending those things in okay so i actually went back and i found some emails that were maybe a little bit older and I don't think I ever read them. So if I have read these before, please excuse me. I must have completely forgotten, but I have them still marked here in this folder. And I don't know why I missed them before, but I found them. I'm all caught up on everything that's been sent in. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in with this first one. This is from Christina. And this is actually Christina from A Spooky Tales podcast. So if you haven't given them a listen, make sure to check them out. And this says, Christina here, love your podcast and wanted to share a story with you. Stories of ghosts and the paranormal were a normal thing growing up. Whenever all the family got together, the stories came out, so it wasn't something scary for me. In fact, my dad always said we should be scared of the living, not los muertos. Literally what I always say on this show, I am more scared of the living than the dead. My brother and my mom did not feel the same way. Though to be fair, I have personally never seen a ghost, but they have. My brother was deadly afraid to sleep in his room or be anywhere by himself. We always thought he was just being a, quote, baby, but he claimed to see shadow people and that they terrorized him at night. He would draw them regularly, just like the creepy kids in horror movies. You know, 
and I feel like that's something that we've always said before too, is that it, it seems like young children are more not susceptible, but open. You know what I mean? It's 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 like kids' third eyes are just naturally open, and then our third eye or our gifts or talents, whatever you want to call it, that allows us to like see or interact with spirits kind of weakens or goes away over time. And so it's very fresh the younger someone is, right? So and maybe that's what your brother was experiencing. This continues. One day when I was 11 and he was 9, we were sitting in my dad's house, sitting around the table. My brother said, they're next to you. And naturally, I was like, WTF who? Them. The shadows, he replied. Instead of believing him, I laughed and pretended to punch the area that he said the shadow people were located. Then he said, they don't like it when you do that. And suddenly, out of nowhere, the chair I was sitting on was pulled out from under me. No one else was there, just my brother and myself. I wasn't leaning on the chair either, so I know I didn't accidentally fall. I was sitting like normal, all leg chairs on the floor, and it was pulled back. I fell on my butt, and horrified, I turned to look at my brother who said, I told you they didn't like that. Ooh. It says, I ran to my dad's office, his tayer slash house were kind of joined, and ran and stayed in there with the lights on all day. Haha. <laughs> I never doubted my brother's shadow people stories after that. I bet not. Thank you so much for all of the support. Again, y'all, if you have not heard of or checked out a Spooky Tells, the podcast, go ahead and do that. They're available anywhere podcasts are listened to. So this next one is from Alicia, and they say, Hey, ghoul friend. Hey, ghoul friend. This was back in the 90s. I was about four years old. We lived with my grandparents in Southmost. That is in the valley for anybody who doesn't know. Browns will represent. Love y'all. This says, My mom and I slept in the same bed. Sometimes I would pretend to go to sleep when I couldn't sleep. If I stayed awake, I got yelled at to go to sleep. Relatable. Often, I laid there facing the open window. We were on the second level of the house, so the alley street lights shined on the footboard of the bed. Every time my mom fell asleep and I was still awake, a silhouette of a man with a long mustache and suit with broad shoulders appeared on the footboard. He had huge buttons on the top of his shoulders and was giving army sergeant vibes. Every time he showed up, a silhouette of a woman appeared. They were always making out very profusely. <laughs> what? They were making out? Okay, I have no idea why I wasn't scared. I was intrigued. Okay, honestly, I'm gonna pause real quick. If I saw two ghosts show up. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure I would be terrified at first. And then if they started making it out, I'd be like, excuse me, can you get a tomb? Okay, anyway, so <laughs> I'm gonna continue with this. She says, I have no idea why I wasn't scared. I was intrigued. The woman had very curly hair up in a bun with two long curly strands over her ears and wore dangly earrings. I specifically remember her curls and earrings bouncing around from how they were kissing. One time, I finally woke up my mom because it was starting to scare me at how often it was happening. Of course, once she woke up, it was gone. I had to train myself to not look at the footboard ever again. I'm wondering if it's two lost souls from the battlegrounds who are very much in love. Maybe it was a mistress the scandal alicia wrote the scandal and honestly i agreed the scandal the drama she's the sancha or maybe he's the sancho who knows that is <laughs> that's actually kind of very funny to me just again i'm picturing just waking up seeing ghosts and be like oh ghost scary and be like what are you guys doing <laughs> are you making out right now weird but you know what that's true okay that's one of my favorite things about the rio grande valley is there is so much 
history in the valley, especially in Brownsville. There is like literal historical buildings and landmarks, battlefields. So yeah, these could have been people that maybe lived in that time and because it was such a traumatic time. Like I've said, many times on this show they probably left an imprint of their energy and so now they get to spend eternity loving each other might be nicer if they could do that in some sort of afterlife you know but or maybe this maybe they wanted to stay you know they loved brownsville so much they wanted to stay and live their afterlives making out eternally good for them romance is not dead. In this case, romance is very dead, but it is also very much alive. Thank you, Elisa, for sending that in. This next one is from Denise. It says, hi, hi. I came across your podcast recently when I was looking for local creators from the Valley. It's so refreshing to have a person that has experienced the same stories and culture that I did. Thank you. The Valley is unique in its own way. Ever since I can remember, I've had paranormal experiences. I don't think I've ever realized it wasn't normal until I was about eight years old and I was able to connect the dots of what happened to me. I'm going to share that story with you today. Back when my sister and I were young, my parents struggled a lot to keep our family afloat. We used to live in a very rundown apartment in McAllen and my parents did everything they could to save up enough money to purchase a home. When they finally were able to find one, we were all so happy. For us, it was such a huge change and the main reason my parents decided to make that big purchase was because of the safer environment we would be in. The house we moved into was brand new, as in my parents paid to have the home built on the plot of land. We finally moved in and got settled but because of our financial situation, my parents worked a lot. Even though I was eight years old, I was often left home alone after school and on weekends. One of my mom's strict rules was no le abras la puerta a nadie, no importa quien sea, which translates to do not open the door for anybody, doesn't matter who it is. As a small, obedient child, I stuck by this rule very well but there was one weekend morning, the doorbell rang, and it was two nuns. I knew I shouldn't open the door, but something in me just instinctively opened the door for them. By the time I could react, we were already face to face, and I knew I was going to get in trouble with my mom. These ladies came inside and asked me where my parents were, and almost instantly I said, Están en el trabajo. Sale mi mamá a las siete. Which Again, translates to, they're at work, my mom gets out at seven. The two nuns looked at each other, sat on the couch, and just stared at me for an uncomfortable amount of time. Finally, one of them says, Ya los vamos. No le abras la puerta a nadie. No importa quien sea. They both stood up and left. I decided not to tell my mom what happened since I didn't want to get in trouble. That same night, my family and I were sitting at the dinner table, just talking. Me mainly just listening. My mom starts to tell my dad she's still having her nightmares and she's been unable to sleep for days. My dad then asked which nightmares and she responded, Oh my god. <laughs> okay, she responded, El de las monjas que se meten a la casa por la ventana. Which, for my non-Spanish speakers, translates to the nightmare of the nuns who get into the house through the window. To my surprise, my dad tells my mom that he had been staying up after she went to sleep to be able to wake her out of her nightmares. He found out what she was seeing wasn't actually a nightmare. My dad saw those two nuns walk up to our sidewalk and walk in through the window that led into their bedroom. When he told her that, my dad immediately started welding a fence to go around our entire house. Once that fence was finished, my mom stopped seeing those nuns. That was the first time I was able to connect the dots and realized that the two nuns that had been sitting in our living room earlier that morning were the same ones that my mom was seeing at night. To this day, 
I still haven't shared this with her because I don't want to scare her. Since then, we experienced a lot more paranormal happenings in that home, and it's still active now. Holy shit, Denise. Literally holy shit. Oh my god. That is terrifying and fascinating because now I'm thinking either that place is extremely haunted, that plot of land, and like I said, this is in the valley. There's tons of history in the valley. Who knows what could have been on that land many, many moons ago. But again, either that plot of land is extremely haunted, something or someone, these two nuns are attached to it, or that and you and your family, like I said, you know, those third eyes are open, you're connected to spirit, you're able to receive messages, whether they may be apparitions or actual verbal communication, like you spoke with these nuns. I'm curious to know exactly what they looked like. What exactly did their outfits look like? What were they wearing? Because I feel like, do the nuns' outfits update? You know, like, is there nun fashion? And maybe there's like a, a specific silhouette or a specific uh, design for a nun's outfit from like whatever century or whatever year compared to now. It's It feels like a dumb question, but also feels like a good question. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out later, but I'm, I'm curious to know what other activity has happened because you're saying it's still active now. And also really quick, shout out to dad for building those uh, that fence because you know what I think, I don't know what you believe, this is my interpretation. I feel like that was basically your dad doing brujeria, you know, he put his, his heart into it and he did it out of protection for your mom and for you, for your family. Like you were all seeing these nuns and your mom was not getting a good vibe off of them and so your dad said you know what i'm gonna protect my family and he built these bars at the end of the day if the nuns could walk through the window then they could just walk through the bars too right what's stopping them it's it's just material but maybe unintentionally your dad he manifested protection into 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 that fence and he set up like a spiritual protection, a spiritual fence. I think honestly that is very sweet and that is very kind. And I would like to hear if your parents have seen or felt anything other than that in that house, because that is very, I'm sorry, that is just so, the, the moment that your mom dropped that bomb and was like, yeah, the nightmare of, of these nuns coming to the house and they literally went into your house. But oh my God, thank you Denise for that story. That was really, really good. Okay, so I have another one. And I believe this is the last one. I'm going to leave this person's name out just for their protection because this is something that is ongoing, but I don't want any like ill intent, whether intentional or unintentional, to make its way to this person because they're already, you know, kind of not struggling, but they're they're facing something. They are allowing me to read this on, on here. So this says, Back in 2012, me and my mom and my brother went back home to Puerto Rico to visit my family. We met with this psychic that we were super close to, to the point that she makes me call her grandma. This is a story for another day. I would love to hear it. She continues, she said that we need to get cleansed because there's someone wishing us ill. During that time, my parents were separated. We went to see the woman's padrino and back home. This is like the person who is like a shaman in a way. Anyways, he confirmed who the person was that was wishing us ill, and it turns out it was my dad's stepsister and his mistress. The weirdest part of it was that I had a dream in the padrino's house a few days prior. I never met this man a day in my life. He later explained that I have the same gift as him and I will start dabbling in it and seeing things in my mid-twenties, and lord behold, here I am. I don't even know where to start, but I want to. The craziest part of it all, he said that someone close to us was going to die. Four months later, my dad died. He also said that there's going to be a fire. Ten years later, on May 20th of this year, my apartment burned down. I lost everything. 
I had to jump out my window and I lived on the second story, a 10 foot jump. This happened the same month I've experienced sleep paralysis for the first time in my life and also did una limpieza de huevo and I saw two faces in the egg. People have been wishing my family and I ill since before I was even conceived. My grandma and mom, basically entire family, have gifts dreams, talking to spirits, etc. But nobody has ever practiced espiritismo and don't even know how to start. Their dreams and the spirits just come to them, as to me currently. I feel this negative energy following me, and I'm ready to tap into my gift and try getting it away from me. Any advice would be amazing. So I've already spoken with this person. I've given them w what advice I felt I was qualified to give as someone who does not claim to be a professional i encourage you all to protect yourselves and protect your energies yeah just be careful out there get your protection up and be safe right so i do have one last thing this is a very i feel this is a very healthy well-rounded letters from the beyond episode i love it again before i read this last thing i want to encourage you all to please 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 send those stories in you can dm them to me on socials email me or leave them in a review and i will read them on the show this last one that i have i went to the library recently and i before i went i, I found this book on their online catalog and they only had one copy of it and it was called uh encyclopedia of the paranormal but the only thing is that it is not available for checkout. It's only available for in-library use. So I could maybe find it like online to buy it or to rent it online. But I found this other book and I wanted to read an excerpt from it and give you the, I haven't read it at all. So this is my first time reading through it, but this one is called The Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits, second edition by Rosemary Ellen Gilly. This is their interpretation or their piecing together of the story of La Llorona, which classic. And anytime I hear about it, I want to hear each person's interpretation or a variation of it, but I'm going to read this to you. This says, La Llorona, also called the weeping woman in Mexican folklore, a spectral weeping woman who drifts about at night looking for her murdered child or children. Llorona is Spanish for weeper. There are numerous versions of the Yorona legend, which also exist in the American Southwest and as far away as the Philippines. According to one version, the ghost is searching for her lost boy and is lost herself. See, so this one says it says one child. Uh, whereas when we've when I've heard the story and when I've told it, it's always two children. This continues. In another version, she murdered the boy and now wanders about demented. Or she murdered the child and therefore is condemned to eternal wanderings as a ghost. In still another version, she once had several children, there you go, but fell in love with a man who wanted none. To please him, she drowned them all, then drowned herself. Okay, actually, I don't think I've heard of that specific version, that the man she fell in love with didn't want kids, and so she killed her kids and then herself. So I'm, what I'm interpreting from this specific version right here is that she did not have kids with that man versus the story that I've told and I'm used to hearing is she had kids with the man that broke her heart. Okay, so this continues. Most folklorists believe that the legend derives from Aztec mythology. The goddess Sivacuatl, also known as Chihuacuatl or Donantzin, dressed in white and carried a cradle on her shoulders. She walked among Aztec women and left the cradle, which was discovered to contain an arrowhead in the shape of a sacrificial knife. Sivakuatl also walked the cities, screaming and crying, eventually disappearing into lakes. There may also be a historical basis for the legend. According to that story, which took place in Mexico City around 1550, Doña Luisa de Olveros, an Indian princess, fell in love with a nobleman, 
Don Nuno de Monte Carlos. She bore him two children, some versions say twins. Monte Carlos promised to marry her, but instead married someone else. Doña Luisa visited him on the night of his wedding party and was surprised by him. Insane with rage and humiliation, she went home and stabbed her children to death with a dagger that Monte Carlos had given her previously as a gift. She then wandered the streets in torn and bloody clothing, crying for her children. She was found guilty of sorcery and was hanged. Her ghost is said to be cursed to wander the earth forever, looking for her children. This is closer to the version that I told on here. The variation here is that they were not in a relationship and he ended up being with someone else and that the murder happened by stabbing and not by drowning. This one is seems way more violent and it's creepier than the version that I told. That, that's very interesting. Uh, this continues, La Llorona has numerous shapes and appearances. Usually she has a seductive figure and dresses either in white or black and has long black hair. She has long fingernails, sometimes described as claws. She is faceless or has the face of a bat or a horse, which, okay, the horse face reminds me of, I think it's La Ciguapa. Yeah, I think that's the legend of La Ciguapa. She has a horse face. Okay, but this continues. She also is described as a vampire. In the El Paso, Texas area, she has appeared as a faceless woman in white with shiny claws. La Llorona's mournful, shrouded ghost usually is seen by riverbanks, the woods, and along deserted streets, especially at midnight, the traditional witching hour. Sometimes she is seen in daylight. She may not bother the living or may ask someone if her missing child has been seen. She often entices men when they are drunk and out and about lonely areas. As a phantom hitchhiker, she sometimes waits along lonely roads and tells motorists who pick her up her woeful tale of her lost or murdered child. She is feared, however, for, like the demon Lilith of Hebrew lore, she preys upon young men and kills them. Interesting, I've never made or seen that connection of La Llorona to Lilith and I'm definitely gonna look into that. Again, this idea of her preying on young men and preying on, on drunk men and enticing them is the word that was used in this is very interesting to me because again, I've never heard that correlation and it actually sounds like other stories. Oh, God, I wish I could remember her name, but one of the stories that I told, there's a woman that preys specifically on drunk men, whereas historically I've heard that La Llorona preys on unruly children, children who are out late. So this is very interesting to see this being connected with those other cryptids. Or as, as someone said to me recently, gory girl boss. And I thought that that was so fun because y'all know how much I love a cryptid femme is what I said before. But this hashtag gory girl boss was just so funny to me. So yeah, it's interesting to see La Llorona being connected to these other cryptid femmes and gory girl bosses. Um, but this continues. La Llorona also may be compared to the banshee of Irish lore. This one I've heard before, this comparison. In that to see her presages one's death within a year, or at the very least, bad luck within the year. Yeah, this is definitely closer to the comparison that I've heard before. This says, a version of La Llorona has been reported as far north in the United States as Gary, Indiana. It may be two ghost legends, La Llorona and the phantom hitchhiker blended into one. Yes, that's what I'm saying. A woman in white, often said to be La Llorona, has been reported drifting around Cudahy, a suburban community once largely populated by Mexican-Americans who worked in the steel mills. The ghost is said to have killed her illegitimate children in Gary by drowning them in the Calumet River. She usually hitches rides to the Calumet Harbor, disappearing from the car en route. Sometimes, she is said simply to appear in the car and vanish a few minutes later later.
So I, I, I think I need to spend some time. I need to go spend like a full day at the library going through these books and see what else I can pull in relating to or regarding maybe some of the stories that I've told before, some that I haven't heard that, you know, fall in the beat of what Susto is. But that was really cool. Again, this book was called The Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits by Rosemary Ellen Gilly, the second edition. And there is another book that was uh, the encyclopedia of, I think it was the paranormal and occult that I need to go back and sit down and go through and see what I can find that was, that's really interesting for for the show. But yeah, again, it was really interesting to see the different kinds of stories that La Llorona was being blended in with the the story that I've heard historically and that I've told on here. So Okay, ghoul friends. So thank you so much for listening to another edition of Letters from the Beyond. This is part three. I love these episodes. Please keep writing in so I can keep doing them. I know I've said it about a hundred times in this episode, but I really do. I feel strongly about it. And I'm trying to work on some things for the show as always. So make sure that you keep your eyes and ears peeled and you follow Susto Podcast on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for any and all updates on the show. Thank you to the patrons, patreon.com slash Podcast. And uh, call me on the Ouija board. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>